Well, welcome back to the big program. Here I thought the Duke would surprise me with Beverly Mahood, but Jess Moskowitz? Moskowitz? Moskaluk. Another, another good Canadian gal. From Saskatchewan, isn't she? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, well, nothing like that. That's perfect. Um, time now for the ski report. We're going to kind of do this a little differently. Uh, usually the Duke uh, hums along all the conditions and things like that, but we're going to Mix it up a little bit uh, today. So uh, the ski report is brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. You can start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Uh, we're just in the process of uh, trying to find Tim Day from Snow Valley Ski Club, marketing and comms manager. Coming up at uh, 920, we'll have Tim Murray from Vision Primetime. As the college football bowl season, well, it is really well, well underway. So uh, we'll talk with uh, Tim regarding that situation in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. So I'm sure if you've driven down the white mud and had a little peek and of uh, the Snow Valley and things like that and saw the ski hills in Edmonton and area, you're kind of going, where's the snow? Well, we're going to find out right now as we uh, check in with Tim Day from Snow Valley Ski Club. Uh, Tim, good morning. Welcome to Sports 1440. Well, thanks very much for uh, getting a hold of me. Well, you're you're a tough man to find. You're probably busy making snow, I would imagine. <laughs> well, we've uh, we've pretty much made uh, about ninety percent of it. That's for sure. Our hill is uh, completely open. All mm-hmm. eight runs and four lifts, and we're going uh, like gangbusters now. How tough is it for you guys to kind of, I guess, stay out of the stay ahead of the game when I guess Mother Nature isn't totally cooperating. It's it's like threading a needle. Uh, you know, you got to really watch the weather, and our operations team uh, has, you know, decades of experience uh, doing this. And so, you know, they can uh, they can uh, watch the weather and, and determine, you know, when's the best time to get the snow guns out and what direction to point them. And then uh, it's a matter of getting the, the groomer out and mm-hmm. basically buttering up the hill with all the brand-new snow we just made. Uh Tim Day with us uh, from Snow Valley Ski Club. Um, maybe you can, maybe you can answer this, but what are what's the biggest problem? What, how hard is it to make snow, you know, at this time of the year with the conditions we're having? Uh, you know what, it's, it's difficult in that, um, you know, you need minus five to at least, you know, turn the gun on. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, it's. Uh, I always describe it as it's a little bit of art and a little bit of science, um, about fifty-fifty, because you know the little nuance of you know a swirling wind can put snow when you don't want it. I mean, it's not just making it; it's putting it where you want it. And I think that's that's part of our success is that we at least we know the hill, and as, as the as the, the the valley opens up, we can kind of predict of where where it should go depending on the wind. So yeah, it's it is. It's hard, and, you know, we will probably be making a bit more snow uh, come January, hmm. uh, but we won't do it over the Christmas holidays just because it's so, it's so busy. So basically you're doing it all through the night, I would imagine. That's the prime time to make it? Yeah. Yeah, we would. Um, so we have uh, an extensive system of, uh, you know, power lines and water lines underneath the hill, and uh, we, can, we have about 11 guns we can position uh, preemptively and then move them around or just turn them on and off as required. So yeah, it is mostly nights. Um, and if it's, you know, cold enough during the day, we'll just keep going. Um, there was a couple, there was, uh, you know, the week of October 23rd, I remember we, we ran for about four days straight and that was the beginning of our snowmaking and then nothing until December. 
Tim Day with us from Snow Valley. Yeah, Tim Day with us from uh, Snow Valley Ski Club is our guest on Sports 1440. So, Tim, you mentioned how busy you will be over the holiday season. Can you kind of get into detail uh, what you're expecting uh, with the crowds and the lines and the kids and things like that? Yeah, we anticipate uh, that holiday programs will do really well. Therefore, uh, mites and juniors, so basically uh, those two groups cover kids, you know, from 5 to 12. Uh, it's, uh, it's a two-hour group lesson uh, each day, and they can just pick whatever day they want to come down. Um, you know, like I said, the, you know, our conditions are, are, are practically perfect as far as the snow is concerned. Um, and so we anticipate being, you know, busy with that. And then, of course, all the... Uh, people just taking advantage of being able to go skiing in the city, which is great. And you get so many young kids. How, how, you know, that must put a big smile on your face when you see the kids coming out and starting at such a young age and they're just, uh, you know, the first or second time on the hill. Uh, what's yeah. what's that mean to everybody out there? Uh, you know, it just raises the level of, uh, of happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, all the instructors and the lift operators, uh, you know, the guys that are right on the snow all the time, like the meat and potatoes of what we do uh, is teaching people how to ski and snowboard and, and get out there and, and, you know, learn, learn how easy it is once you get going to really you know, make that turn and, you know, control yourself and just be, almost like flying uh, down the hill. And, uh, you know, kids as young as, you know, four, you know, they start out and they, they start on our little Discover Hill and away they go. And pretty soon, you know, you know, the friends and family are heading out to bigger and better hills out in, you know, the mountains of Marmot and, you know, Lake Louise and Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Day from Snow Valley is our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. What would the split be for between, I guess, snowboarding and skiing? Do you have uh, a certain amount that you kind of know that you're going to have more of one or more of the other? Uh, I think anecdotally, you could probably say it's like a 60-40, uh, 60% skiing and mm-hmm. 40% snowboarding. Snowboarding is definitely, you know, uh, um, a huge part of our our business and skiing is you know been the traditional thing um and uh it's you know we you kind of have to go with whatever the 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 winds of change go with and um it's um you know they're both really great activities and uh we're able to to teach both that's for sure uh how many instructors do you have out there we have about total complement about uh, between 125 and 150, uh, and they, you know, some work during the week, some work in evenings, some work weekends, some work all the time. Yeah, and I guess them, you know, these instructors working with the kids, you mm-hmm. know, that they're giving back and they're trying to pass on their knowledge uh, to the youngsters. Oh, for sure, and it's it's a joy to watch them, you know, as as the as the kids sort of get the feel of leaning uh, on the edge and, and, you know, mm-hmm. being able to say, Oh, look, I, I was able to make that turn around that little brush. And, and yeah, there, it's just, it's such a joy to see their, you know, the big rosy cheeks and them coming up saying, look, I did it. I did it. And they just like practically run back onto the lift and, <laughs> uh, you know, get up to the top and do it again. And that's what we encourage. Tim Day from Snow Valley is with us on Sports 1440. Uh, what else have you got over the holidays? Do you have something going on like New Year's Eve and anything specially planned uh, for the holidays as far as scheduling goes? Well, we don't have any really big events, but we do have, like I said, we have the holiday programming and uh, and we are open, uh, you know, 9 to 9 uh, weekdays and 9 to 5 on weekends. And so, um, 
it's just uh, we're just ready for for everyone to come out. Uh, you know, you can you can book a private lesson, uh, you know, by yourself or with a few friends, or you can just jump into one of our our group lessons. So, it's um, we're just anticipating a, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of happy face, smiling faces. Uh, you know, we're we're still hoping for snow, uh, but you know, at this point, it's uh, it's a bit it's just really window dressing. If it mm. if it lands in your backyard, you're more apt to go, hey, I bet the ski hill's open. <laughs> um, and you know, you've got all the supplies out there in the shop. You got all everything, uh, all equipment. Uh, what about all that? Uh, yeah, we have for, a we yeah. have a full rental shop. Yeah. Uh, so you know, if you show up with uh, you know snow pants and and uh, and mitts and a nice jacket, then yeah, you'll uh, you can rent a uh, helmet boots, pole skis, or, you know, your, your uh, snowboard boots and a board uh, that's fit right. Um, you know, our, our technicians uh, will make sure it's all uh, adjusted for, for each person individually. And then if you have your own equipment um, and you need a bit of a tune-up or a wax, we have our tech shop. And uh, if you forget something like a like a helmet or a toque or a mitt or something like that, mm. uh, our, little, uh, our little shop can... Uh, can set you up pretty good um and we, of course we also have other things like our our commemorative mugs uh for you know we're celebrating our 75th anniversary so we've got mm. some 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 nice uh, kuma mugs uh that are uh, customized and some other some really nice prints from jason blower these are all really great gift ideas and as mm. well as just kind of cool stuff what about night skiing tim yeah uh night skiing is uh, weekdays um uh, from uh basically you know Whenever it gets dark until nine o'clock, uh, our lifts run right up until nine, uh, and that's all through the season, not just uh, over the, the holidays. Anything I'm missing, Tim? That you want to add uh, just before we uh, wrap things up? Just come on out and, and you know be prepared to dress for the weather. Uh, you know, on a day like today, uh, you might not need the you know super thick coat, but uh, definitely. You know, Wear the snow pants or the or the rain pants, depending on uh, how wet it is out there. But uh, just come prepared for the uh, for the weather, and then get ready for a really great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a text uh, from Ewell Dave just coming in right now. Tim, uh, driving by Snow Valley right now looks fantastic. So. Uh, you know, continued success. Uh, thanks for coming on. Have a wonderful uh, holiday season to you and your family and all the skiers that come out to Snow Valley and uh, hope uh, we get a little of the, the natural snow coming up here in the next right. bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate the call. All right. Uh, thanks very much. That's a Tim Day and our uh, ski report brought to you by Snow Valley and the Snow Valley Ski Report. Check it out. Ewell Dave just said driving by Snow Valley right now. Looks fantastic. Uh, hmm. Uh, ooh, now that we still got a little comment I was gonna about Eddie Steele here, we got to get to that iMac. Seeing that Eddie is so he's sticking around waiting for Steph to come pick him up and go mall shopping. Uh, I was going to say that exactly. I've been uber impressed that Eddie has been so genuinely engaged in topics not in his lane. His questions and observations have been excellent. 1440 has been a massive gift to many of us, so thank you for the levity and escape we all need. Merry Christmas to you, too, uh, your great co-hosts, guests, and the Duke, I guess. That's us two, Duke. So And Eddie, I guess, so us three. But that comes from iMac. Thanks for that. Eddie even gave you a little bow, didn't he? You know, I was wondering. I thought, oh, always gracious yeah. as Eddie Steele. I thought, you know, Eddie was going to, he strapped the earphones on so he could listen to what our guests have been saying. I thought maybe he might just do a little overtime, you know, just out of the goodness of his heart, you know, stick around. But. He already clocked out, Eddie. <laughs> 
Eight, seven to nine, yeah. not a minute nah, longer. Gone. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he's probably negotiating with Bonton right now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk college football. And we just had Corey text in a little while ago. Uh, Merry Christmas, boys. Uh, who are we liking tonight in the Gasparilla Bowl, UCF, uh, University of Central Florida or Georgia Tech? My lean is UCF at uh, minus five and a half. Uh, don't know. Well, maybe uh, Tim Murray from VEASAN will straighten that all out. Uh, Tim will guess with us right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Oh, that was requested yesterday. I can't remember by who. By um, whom. Whom, sorry. Whomst. Whomst. Um, I will say this, Kev, uh, just uh, before I let you finish your thought. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had a buddy text me, a very good friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> Lost my train of thought. He, he texted me last night, and he, he offered me $200 to play that song oh. for every break. Until and then when people texted in <laughs> and asking what are what we are doing, doing? Uh, I would just say it's just a really good song. <laughs> I would have countered with five hundred. And my uh, my uh, my follow up to that was yesterday. Actually, I was planning on playing a different version of Jingle Bell Rock every break until you said something. But then I was like, that wouldn't really work because you you make it a concerted effort to Try, identify yes. the songs and know which one I'm playing. So you would have picked up on that probably immediately. I think that I would sh- should throw that to Connor, see if he mm-hmm. can pull something out with Gregor, because he's not usually quite as keen on what well, uh, tell you, songs are playing. He's, and, and plus, he's doing other stuff. I've seen oh, it. Oh, yeah. In the, he's yeah. always messing around with his phone and whatever else, and I'll bet you he could get away with that. Uh, that was Playbook Vic's request. Thank you, guys, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. Your buddy Playbook Vic. Doesn't that bring back memories to you, Eddie? Eddie's still hanging around here. He's just, it's kind of intimidating him watching what's going on. Maybe he just wanted to see what was going on with our uh, uh, college football and what's going on with all the bowl games because they are, they're well underway, really, when you think about it. And these are games, sometimes they're fun to watch because they're teams that you don't necessarily know a whole lot about. Having said that, CFL scouts are all over these games. This is where you find those diamonds in the rough where it's a player that maybe you didn't know a whole lot about. Maybe it's a player that has flown under the radar and a player that it's not at a high profile school, which is quite likely an overscout anyway. All the guys that you're going to see in the big bowl games, they're not, there's a good chance that they won't be coming to the CFL. But you can find guys that are in these smaller schools that can turn out to be pretty good CFL players. Very good CFL players. So uh, we're just hooking up with uh, Tim Murray from Vizen Primetime. Not sure if there's anyone that knows more about what's going on with the bowl games and the bowl season than uh, Tim Murray. And uh, let's welcome in Tim Murray to the show. Uh, Tim, you've been uh, with us. This is our second little visit on Sports 1440. Welcome back. Happy holidays, and uh, thanks for checking in today. Absolutely. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. And uh, it is, uh, as Andy Williams said, it's the most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. So uh, we're ready to uh, to watch some bowl games, and uh, we got seven of them on, uh, on Saturday. Oh, and some tonight, too, and we'll get to those in a minute. Yeah. First, I wanted to uh, start things off with how excited and how um, stoked you are to be, I guess, doing the sidelines for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl uh, coming up uh, next week with uh, Oregon State and Notre Dame. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So I've uh, I've I work for a company on the side uh, that does a lot of these national broadcasts, and uh, I was just in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, doing sidelines for the Independence Bowl this previous Saturday. Uh, I will be doing my hometown bowl, uh, so to speak, this weekend uh, here in Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, as a, as a Notre Dame fan growing up, uh, getting an opportunity to go to, uh, to do their game on a national stage uh, on the radio side, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty surreal. So very excited. Uh, very unique situation uh, with those two teams, uh, Notre Dame and Oregon State, with uh, you know a changeover for Oregon State at the coaching position, Jonathan Smith heading to Michigan State, and then uh, a bunch of opt-outs uh, for the Irish, whether it be transfer portal-related or uh, getting ready for the NFL draft. But uh, nonetheless, very excited to head yeah. down to El Paso uh, a week from today, be on the sidelines in uh, one of the more historic venues uh, in college football. So... Uh, you know, a little bit of the luster of that game is lost just because of the opt-out situations on both sides. Uh, both of these teams were top 15 teams pretty much all year long, uh, but still very excited to be there. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And, you know, the bowl season sometimes is, uh, you know, we, we get to learn about the stars of who we'll be playing next year, and I think we'll get a bunch of that uh, Notre Dame-Oregon State. So, Tim, being a Notre Dame guy, kind of, what will that be like for you, you know, with the Irish? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, you know, I am uh, I, I, I joke that Notre Dame is kind of my guilty pleasure uh, as as someone in the media, right? Like we we've all gone to the media uh, for those of us who have been fortunate enough to be in it, and uh, you kind of have to put your fandom to the side uh, to talk about things uh, on a you know if you want to be thought of as you know, a serious journalist or broadcast or whatever it may be. Uh, but Notre Dame has kind of always just been, I've tried to keep it to the side as my guilty pleasure. So I'm going to have to keep it professional, um, no doubt. But uh, no, it, you know, it's funny. Um, Notre Dame and Oregon State, uh, even though you wouldn't think it, uh, have actually played in two bowl games before. Uh, and one of them I was actually in attendance of. It was the 2001 Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, and uh, we as a family went to Phoenix or Arizona. We spent the whole week there and took all in all the sights and then uh, ended up going to the game, and Oregon State uh, destroyed Notre Dame 41-9. to uh, So uh, maybe Notre Dame can exact some revenge here. But uh, regardless, uh, I've got to you know, keep it professional. <laughs> the, the fortunate side is uh, we'll have two sideline reporters uh, for our broadcast uh, on bowl season radio come uh, come next friday and i will be on the notre dame sideline so it, oh. i will i will uh, the other sideline reporter she is uh her duties will be beavers and i, I fortunately will be uh, pretty much exclusively talking about the irish uh come next friday uh, so cool as we're uh with tim murray from v's in prime time uh, out of the bowl games that have happened so far i was watching the other night and it caught my eye because it was marshall but just to see uh, cole pennington and chad pennington oh. in the stands what did you make of that <laughs> Well, it's it's not just Cole Pennington and Chad. No, Pennington. it's not. It's uh, Josh McCown's bro- yeah. son was playing yeah. for UTSA. So if you needed a moment this bowl season to feel old, uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was it. Uh, you know, speaking of Notre Dame, uh, Brian Erlacher's son is uh, just committed to Notre Dame. So we're starting to see uh, the next generation of uh, of Hall of Famers and former players and their kin. Uh, playing, but yeah, Cole Pennington. I mean, he looks like it, he looks like his father. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's wild. He's got the the curly hair, and they kept showing both the dads uh, yeah. in the stand. So yeah, it was it was definitely a unique thing to to see that. It, it made you feel a little bit older, like he wasn't that long ago, right? <laughs> you know. So, um, but 
Yeah, I mean, that's – look, I, I, I know – you know, bowl season has uh, it takes its its licks. You know, because a lot of players are hitting the portal, uh, you know, opting out for the NFL draft, and and I have no issues with it. I, I think the NCAA uh, needs to figure out the schedule moving forward, uh, just so you know the the bowl season isn't completely tarnished with with all of this. But you know, that said, uh, I, I love the fact that so many schools just get an opportunity to showcase you know what they're about, and then. You know, I'll be honest, you know, go back to uh, this Monday, right? Western Kentucky and Old Dominion and a bowl game that uh, I don't believe will exist next year. It was uh, thrust into action because uh, Bahamas, the, the stadium in the Bahamas is dealing with renovations. Mm-hmm. But you just see the excitement, uh, the celebrations from, from a team like Western Kentucky who came from 28 down to beat Old Dominion. And uh, you, you, you remember why these bowl games do exist. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, once these players are on the field and they're competing, you know, it means a lot to them. So, you know, I know people like to take their jabs at, you know, why do we have these games on? Uh, at the end of the day, once these games are played and, you know, there's a, there's a trophy handed out and these guys get to wrap up what has been, you know, a war of four or five months of, of working and, 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 you know, going towards a goal. You remember, okay, yeah, they're, they are playing for something here in these bowl games. Got a question for uh, Tim Murray from uh, Corey. He wants to know about tonight's Gasparilla Bowl, UCF for Georgia. His lean is UCF at five and a half, uh, minus five and a half. Your thoughts, Tim? Yeah, I would uh, I would actually lean a little bit towards the underdog here in Georgia Tech. Uh, not one of my favorite plays of the bowl season, but you know I, I think back to last night. You know, motivation is such a, a big uh, key component to the bowl season, um, and uh, I think Georgia Tech's gonna be really excited to be uh, in a bowl game here. Um, you know, new head coach down there uh, uh, for for them, and uh, I think you know for Georgia Tech, you know, being a five five and a half point underdog. Uh, curious the the mindset of UCF. Um, you know, this is their first year in the Big 12, so you know, getting to a bowl game is, is certainly an accomplishment. Last year, UCF uh, did not really have much motivation heading to their bowl game when they played in Annapolis, Maryland, and they got blown out by Duke. So I think they'll be certainly more motivated being in their home state there. But uh, I, I will say this: I don't have a bet on this game, uh, but I would slightly uh, I would go I would go on the other side if I was in a, a pick'em pool. I would take the points. With, uh, with Georgia Tech here. Oh, cool. Thanks for that take. Uh, Tim Murray, Vizen Primetime's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Before we get to, you know, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, uh, have you got a game that you're really looking forward to outside of those uh, the final four? Is there a game that has really caught your eye? Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. Uh, I'll run through them pretty quickly. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, even just, just from a a watching standpoint, you know, um, obviously uh, I'm excited to, to see what we're going to get on Saturday night here in Vegas. I'll be there, but uh, after Christmas, I think Kansas and UNLV, uh, they play uh, in the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, uh, Arizona. Uh, I think that has the potential of being a very high scoring game. Uh, you're seeing the, the total in that game continue to rise to electric offenses, both teams, minimal opt outs there. Uh, so that's a game I'm very much looking forward to, December 26th. Uh, another game, another late-night game I'm looking forward to, uh, Arizona and Oklahoma. Uh, Arizona is uh, you know, under Jed Fish in year two uh, there for the Wildcats, and uh, this has been a team that has surprised so many uh, with the way that they've played. And they're playing Oklahoma, who lost their starting quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, to the portal, but I don't think they're really uh, that upset about it because they have a five-star freshman 
and Jackson Arnold. So I think the world's going to get to to see a five-star freshman uh, there for Oklahoma. Uh, so that that's really intriguing for me. You know, looking at that game on uh, December 28th, Arizona a short favorite in that one, just a three-point favorite uh, in that one. And then if you go to the New Year's Six, uh, obviously these are the games that you know, are, are the more highly ranked teams. And to me, uh, the game that I'm most intrigued to watch outside of the, you know, semifinals is uh, Ole Miss and Penn State in the Peach Bowl on December, Saturday, December 30th. Uh, I think this is a game where you look at both sides, uh, minimal opt-outs from both teams. Uh, I think Ole Miss is a team that, you know, coming into this game with a 10-2 and record, head coach Lane Kiffin just got a new contract extension. Uh, so I think they're going to be very motivated. Penn State is replacing both their coordinators, so that could be a unique wrinkle there to handicap. But uh, Penn State, for them, uh, most of their players are, are ready to go too. And uh, I think a lot of people believe that this will be a kind of a launch point into some high expectations for both of these schools headed to next year. So uh, Ole Miss and Penn State, certainly a game that I'm very much looking forward to uh, on December 30th. Tim Murray, Vizen Primetime is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, what about the uh, the Orange Bowl, Georgia and Florida State? I think most people think that Georgia is going to have its way with Florida State. What, how do you see that one? Yeah, this is a really tricky one, right, because it's a big spread. It's one of the biggest spreads of the bowl season, uh, mainly because Jordan Travis, the starting quarterback for Florida State, one of the reasons, maybe the reason, Florida State is not in the college football playoff because he got hurt uh, in November against North Alabama, and uh, they had to turn to their backup quarterback. And then Tate Rodemaker, who is their backup quarterback, he got hurt and didn't play uh, in the uh, in the ACC championship game. And now you're starting to see the opt outs, you know, for Florida State. Uh, Johnny Wilson, one of their best wide receivers, he's opted out. Keon Coleman, he's opted out. So two of their top wide receivers, Jared Verse, an edge rusher, is opted out. Uh, their running back is opted out. Mm-hmm. So Florida State, you just really wonder about the motivation. Uh, you know, they're having a meeting, you know, today talking about the exit strategy to get out of the ACC. Uh, and then on Georgia's side, I mean, guys, this is a team that's won the last two national championships and, you know, would have been the favorite to do so if they beat Alabama. So you just wonder their motivation heading into a non-playoff game, which is what they haven't done in a couple of years. So uh, it's not a game that I necessarily want to uh, get in front of. Uh, I could be talked into maybe looking at the under uh, in this game because I just, I'm curious, you know, we saw Florida State, uh, what they had offensively in the ACC championship, and now you don't have your two top wide receivers, you run, your running back, and you're going up against a pretty stout front in Georgia. So uh, I do like Florida State's defense still. So if anything, I'd maybe look under uh, in this one because I, I do not expect fireworks uh, down at Hard Rock <laughs> Stadium in, uh, in Miami on December 30th. Well, let's get to the main course uh, with Tim Murray from Vizen Primetime. Uh, on New Year's Day, first off, uh, Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan. Last time you were on, Tim, uh, Alabama was just coming off uh, you know incredible uh, victory over Georgia for the SEC. But uh, do you see that continuing against Michigan? Yeah, I mean, this is a game that, uh, you know, first and foremost, the fact that it's the Rose Bowl, uh, the fact that we do have a traditional Big Ten team uh, in the Rose Bowl is, is, is for people who like nostalgia, like my like myself, it's great to see that. Um, this is going to be an incredible game. Uh, both these finals, uh, final four matchups are, are going to be awesome. Uh, can't wait for, for both of these. I know Florida State fans, and we talked about it the last time, uh, are upset, but as a college football fan, I'm thrilled with the two games that we have. 
um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a real big test, uh, no doubt, for Michigan. Um, I don't think they've faced anybody of the of the caliber of Alabama, and I know they played Ohio State and Penn State, but to me, I think Alabama's a notch up. Um, I think Jalen Milrose starting to come into his own as the quarterback there of the Crimson Tide, and you know, I think for JJ McCarthy, quarterback of Michigan, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna learn some things. You know, is he uh, of that next level, that elite status? Uh, to get a Michigan team into the college, you know, into a national championship game. Um, you know, I, I did play the under in this game, uh, under 45 and a half. 45 is out there right now. Uh, I think this is going to be kind of an old school type of game. Uh, I do think Michigan, uh, I'm curious uh, how much they're going to have success offensively uh, in this game against Alabama, who, look, at times Alabama has shown uh, some propensity to, to struggle on the defensive side of the ball, but all in all, I think. You know, Alabama's starting to come into their groove. and um, But I, on the flip side, I think Michigan's defense is stout enough to, to slow Alabama down. So I think, you know, as you hear all the cliches, whether it be rock fight or chess match or whatever it may be, I think this is going to be a fascinating one between two big-time coaches and Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. And I think, you know, this, is, cause this could ultimately be an under game. And uh, my, my lean right now would be for the Crimson Tide to win this game outright. So, you know, only a two-point underdog, but – you know, I would look a little bit towards Alabama in this one, but I think more so we're going to get, uh, you know, as I talked about some higher scoring games in the earlier uh, bowl season, I think this is a lower scoring game in my opinion. Uh, maybe the opposite of what we could expect in the Sugar Bowl later yeah. that night between Texas and Washington, but uh, I think this is a lower scoring game between Alabama and Michigan. I was just going to say, Tim, do you expect Texas and Washington in the other semifinal game to be a little more high scoring? Yes, no doubt about it. And uh, as is Vegas, right? 63.5 is the point total here. Uh, that's going to be on the rise. And, uh, you know, Texas, I feel like as the season started to go down, uh, you know, started to come into their own. Uh, you know, they lost their starting running back, Jonathan Brooks. And we thought, okay, this is going to be a big hit for them. And it wasn't. You know, they wrapped up the season beating Texas Tech by 50. And then they beat Oklahoma State by three touchdowns in the Big 12 championship game. This is an explosive offense. Uh, that the Longhorns have, but, you know, flip it on the other side. Um, you know, Washington quieted a lot of people in the Pac-12 championship game just about a month ago, uh, or a little less than a month ago here in Las Vegas, when uh, they were almost a 10-point underdog uh, to Oregon, and uh, it was a team that they had already beaten, and everybody was just writing in Oregon to the college football playoff, and Kalen DeBoer, uh, head coach of the Huskies, and Michael Penix looking fully healthy uh they came out and uh and they were tremendous and won that game as a as you know a nine ten point underdog uh by by a field goal and i thought it was not even as close as maybe the final score indicated so uh, i do think there's gonna be a lot of points uh, i don't have a bet yet on this game my initial inclination guys was was to take the longhorns here uh with texas but you know you're starting to see some money come into the market on washington as that number has ticked down at some spots to three and a half so fascinated to see how this next week or so plays out when it comes to the point spread in this one but no doubt uh this one has the makings for a high scoring affair uh late on, on new year's day uh in new orleans oh one last one for you for you tim do you think with all the time off between games and i understand why and everyone knows but it just seems that it's so much time off does it does it take a lot in these games for both teams to kind of and no matter what bowl we're talking about to, to find their way and get back in the groove yeah, no doubt. I mean, certainly some of them uh, can be that way, and, and that's why I think next year is just going to be so great with the fact that uh, we will, at this point in the calendar next year, we will already have the first round of the playoffs, right? So we're not going to have as much lull 
Uh, certainly there will be four teams that have a bye all the way to New Year's Day. And I think you'll talk yourself into that being an advantage for some teams and a disadvantage for others. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I've, we've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, these coaches uh, and these coaching staffs, right, they, they're out recruiting. They've got National Signing Day that just happened on Wednesday. So everybody's minds are kind of all over the place. You've got the transfer portal going on. So like I alluded to earlier, I don't know how, um, but they need to fix this calendar because it just seems all whacked out when you think about, you know, we're, we're headed to arguably the biggest games of the year, right? That's what bowl games are supposed to be. Uh, but it seems to be an afterthought because these coaches, these players, they're looking out for themselves, and understandably so. The players are looking, you know, where can they play next year if they're in the transfer portal. Uh, the coaches are looking ahead to 2024 with the recruiting classes and, and the transfer portal. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we need to, to figure this out, but uh, there's no doubt we need to kind of uh, tweak some things moving forward. Yeah, do you think it can ever change for the, for the good, for the betterment of college football? I hope so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, bowl games bring in a lot of money uh, to cities across the country and in the U.S. and and obviously the television ratings are, are always solid. But uh, with the playoff, you know, expanding to 12 teams come next year, uh, I'm very curious to see what some of these lower bowl games uh, what will happen uh, for them moving forward. And you know, I, I've told a couple people I don't think it'll ever happen, but I, I think it would be fun if we move the bowl season to the start of the year, um, which you know, you, you give these players a little, you know, vacation, so to speak, uh, after training camp, uh, you know, wraps up. You've got some unique matchups, you know, and, and, you know, let's use the bowl game that I'm going to, right, the Sun Bowl next Friday, Notre Dame and Oregon State. If that's week one, uh, that's a tremendous game. I mean, that's one of the best games on the entire calendar. And now, because it's at the end of the season, you're getting a lot of opt-outs. You've got a coaching change. So I doubt it ever happened, yeah. but I, I do think, Moving bowl season to the start of the se- start of the year, getting ourselves kind of like we do in college basketball with all of these uh, unique kind of showdowns, whether it be in the Maui Invitational or in the Bahamas or wherever it may be. I think college football would really benefit from the bowl season being week one. We create these kind of unique matchups, whether what you know what a team will look like, and now with the expanded playoff, a loss in that week one of that, you know, bowl season, would it necessarily ding you all that much uh, trying to win uh, a national championship? I don't think it could ever happen, but I think uh, that's my kind of uh, uh, tinfoil hat uh, <laughs> hope would be to do the bowl season to start the year. Uh, you still get all the bowl sites. You still, you know, the travel wouldn't be that big of an issue. It would be Labor Day weekend. Everyone's off work. I think that would be a really cool way to start the year. Uh, and uh, maybe to, to help salvage some of these unique venues like, you know, the Sun Bowl in El Paso and, and like, a, you know, get a, get a Rose Bowl showdown on September 1st, even though that could be pretty hot. Uh, I, I think that would be kind of fun. All right, Tim, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of the season to you and your family. Good luck with uh, all your sideline reporting, including the Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl with uh, Notre Dame taking on Oregon State. Thanks for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Best of the season. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. All right, that's Tim Murray, Vizen Prime Time. He's a busy guy at this time of the year. I don't. Would he even celebrate Christmas? Does he have time? I don't know. And I didn't ask him about one particular bowl because, you know, I just thought I wanted to talk to you about a Duke, and that's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Named after you. Of course. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. So that is North Carolina and West Virginia. 
It's uh, December 27th, so you can watch it, Duke. It'll be at 3.30 Eastern. It's in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, between uh, North Carolina and West Virginia. Yeah, really uh, unique circumstance, of course, uh, kind of sort of a home game uh, for yeah. UNC, uh, in a sense, uh, in the in the home state. But uh, it's funny. I, I actually haven't even checked this one since it is still a few days away. Is uh, Dyson or uh, Dyson? Um, yeah, May playing in the Mayo Bowl. Projected What's, number two overall pick. Oh, there you U, go. UNC's okay. uh, UNC's quarterback. Yeah, very. That's a good good uh, catch on your part. The, the the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is a big one. That's tomorrow as well. Always enjoy that one. Because just the, the sponsor, but you know they need. What if they had the famous Idaho Potato Bowl and the Duke Duke's Mayo Bowl together somehow, like back to back, same venue? You'd bring in the chips of the potatoes. You got potatoes. You got the mayo. This is like you no. Know, I feel like John Madden here. There, you're, you know. you're laughing. Uh, yeah, Dyson Mayo. Where uh, just where my mind was going. Uh, Dyson for, Mayo, former uh, former former oil king, former oil king defenseman uh, Drake May, the quarterback <laughs> Dyson for UNC. I just going, you know what? I mean, hey, school. those are uh, those are pretty close uh, together. And then we're talking the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So yeah. I, you know, yeah, that's a lot of Mays sure. and D's all mixed in. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, we've got some open time. Duke and I will. Uh, shoot the breeze here for a little bit. Uh, coming up 10:20, it'll be our St. Albert Dodge game of the day, and we will have Dave Maloney uh, back for another tour of duty on Sports 1440. New York Rangers analyst as the uh, Oilers get set for the Rangers to close out this three-game road trip uh, in the tri-state area. A loss on the island in New York, big win last night in New Jersey, and then tonight to wrap things up against the Blue Shirts in New York. Uh, All that and more coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, Duke. This is your favorite. This is Mariah Carey, right? It is indeed. (laughs) I had a buddy that was playing for the New Jersey Devils many years ago in the late 90s. When, oh, I wish I could remember his name now. He was the biggest player for the New Jersey Nets at the same time. Uh, someone help me. I don't know. He was a massive star in the NBA, New Jersey Nets. Anyway, they were partying together there in a limo, limo and Mariah Carey's in this limo. And my buddy from Hicktown, Saskatchewan says, he didn't know who it was, for one, and kept calling her Marina. How do you think that went over? Uh, I mean, I don't know her personally, but based oh, off I what, hope uh, not. what, uh, I don't know, some of the things that come across in media would lead us to think, I don't think she would take to it too kindly. No. Jason Kidd. Hey, look at this special guest. Uh, hang on a second. Hey. Kevin just, uh, opening our studio doors and welcoming everyone in. Sorry for the interruption, folks. Uh, one of the mall walkers just checks in, and it's former NHLer and one of the best hockey minds in town, Rob Brown. How you doing, KK? Hey, happy holidays, Brownie. Merry Long Christmas time no to see. You. It has been a lot. I'm walking in as a all us elderly people. We walk around the yeah. malls at the morning, and I thought, oh, I know that gentleman oh, over there. there. He's well, a good friend. Yeah, and you've been doing like exceptional work with 630 Ched with Reed Wilkins on all the broadcasts. You must have a ball doing that. I do. I enjoy it. I've been with Reed now, God, yeah. over 10 years. We have fun doing it. 
Well, as you know, when you're doing sports, if the team is doing well, you're having fun. Yes. So this year has been a, an up and down season for the Oilers, but uh, I think they're in the right direction. And mm-hmm. as you know, when the Oilers win, the city is happier the next day. So today is a happy day for Edmonton <laughs> so Oilers fans. Hopefully tomorrow can be a happy day going into Christmas. Yeah, well, it, it's much nicer when you're going into a Christmas break on a, a two-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And they're playing one of the best teams in the NHL tomorrow. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, this is my favorite time of year, and it's... So you're in the mall. I'm doing in the a mall. Shopping. I'm actually, my, I have a daughter that okay. she has special needs, but for Christmas she's she's 22, but she loves Build a Bear. So I'm on my way down to oh. Build a Bear right now, okay. and I've got a list of four bears I got to build. So I'll be the old guy in the Build a Bear <laughs> with all the little kids building oh. bears, putting little hearts in them, putting the clothes on yeah. them. So that's my day. What about at this time of the year? I mean, hockey. It's funny. I mean, I wanted to bring this up. You know, there's so many bowl games, college, mm-hmm. NFL's going bananas. Hockey in the NHL takes a little bit of a breather. Do you think that, you know, 24, 25, 26 off? Uh, well, it's I, funny. When I played, we didn't have it. When, yeah. when I played, we played the 23rd and the 26th every year. Yeah. And I was always out in the, the East Coast. So I, I didn't come home for Christmas for 16 years Yeah, because I was pro playing pro somewhere. I wish I would have had these breaks that they have now to be able to come home, have Christmas with your family, with your friends, see everybody. Uh, so it is nice. It's a nice mm-hmm. chance for the, the guys just to, to relax and, and enjoy being around friends during and family during the, the Christmas spirit. Oh, no question. Um, one thing I was thinking about when, you know, you just poked your <laughs> nose up to the glass here. So you scored 49 goals uh, with Mario Lemieux in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yarmer Yager's there. He has an assist. He gets an assist for Cladno. He's 51 years old. Yeah. I mean, what were you thinking? Well, it's amazing. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh for Yarmer's first season. I remember coming in early that year, and we trained together uh, in August. Jay Caulfield, our team tough guy, put Yarmer and I through training for the the month of August. And I'm imagining, I'm 55, so I'm a couple years on Yarmer, but at 51, I'm thinking (laughs) pro hockey. When I first came back and started working at academies, I was really good with the high school kids. Now I'm not bad with the grade fours. Like I, it's just continually every year I get a little bit slower, a little bit worse. And I'm thinking, I mean, it's the league he's playing. It isn't the best in the world, but it's a pro pro league. He's 51 years old. So good on him. Uh, uh, if you've ever seen Yarmir just in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, different body types, me and Yags. <laughs> He's in shape. I'm not. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, thanks so much for popping in, Brownie. This was great to see you. And uh, I mean, what do you like best about doing, like, when you're on after the games and, of mm-hmm. course, uh, you're analyzing them. And here's the thing, like, Eddie Steele's in here on Fridays, and I got my notes from last mm-hmm. night. So how do you, like, on, on a game night when, say, the orders are on the road yep. and you're still doing post post and stuff, do you take notes? How does it, or do you, can you remember every play and things like that? And, I you, I don't take notes. I, okay. I watch the game. I can yeah. remember what's going on. Uh, I think it's just being around the game I for as long so. as I have that yeah. you just, okay, read, okay, we're going to talk about this goal. And okay, yeah, okay, remember, yep. And we'll go through mm-hmm. the what happened, why it happened. I remember when I first started, I was doing color uh, for the Oilers on their pay-per-view and I talked mm-hmm. to Ray Ferraro, talked to Daryl Ray, and they'd said, don't tell me what happened because we all know what happened. We saw it. Tell, tell me, me why, why it yeah. happened and how it happened. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to do when I talk. And yeah, Reed and I have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And 
but yeah, no, no notes. Uh, I, if I write notes, <laughs> then I'm missing things. All of a look, oh, we missed two goals. What happened? So yeah, no, just remembering. And then a lot of times just talking to fans and some of their questions have nothing to do with the game. So no. you can't just be focused on what happened that night because uh, when they're happy, they got fun things to talk about. When they're mad, well, who are we going to trade or who are mm-hmm. we going to fire? Uh, World Junior today, mm-hmm. Canada beat Switzerland uh, pre-tournament 6-3. You watch every World Junior game? Kind I of thing? do. Yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to represent yeah. Canada yeah. Uh, in Russia yeah. in the World Juniors. We we got, we got we won a gold. Mm-hmm. I've watched everyone since I've been back home and, and able to. I've got uh, there's a, a young man from St. Albert, my hometown, yeah. Matt Savoy, who's he on the team. He had a gold today. Year. Yeah, I I've had him since grade four yeah. in my academies. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's pure joy what those kids are doing they're not it's not for money it's pure joy representing your country i know what it's like being away from home at christmas time and putting on that canadian jersey so yeah i will be watching every game i'll be texting with my son who's in vancouver he'll yeah. be watching every game and uh it's well, it's more or less tradition that yeah. uh, over the christmas uh season we get to watch canada hopefully i believe this is going for the three people three in a row, yeah so, walk yeah. us through so who else was on that team what do you remember and what happened um my line uh was mark recce and adam graves so i <laughs> okay. had some pretty good line mates oh, yeah. uh theo flurry was on the team um our fourth line had joe sakic and trevor linden <laughs> on it so we were pretty deep up front uh, and we had a goaltender named jimmy wait who yeah. Uh, the best goaltending I've ever seen was we beat the Russians 3-2 and we spent a lot of time in our end over the last 40 minutes and Jimmy Waite played as good as ever ever, ever seen a goaltender play. At, you know what? Everyone says that out of all the world junior goalies, no matter if they've gone on to stellar NHL mm-hmm. careers, but Jimmy Waite was... At, at the World Juniors. He, and he played every minute of every game, which is yeah. rare nowadays. They always try to rotate yeah. different goalies, but he played every minute of every game. And I played in the year after the brawl. So Canada and Russia, we went in as the two lowest seeds. Mm-hmm. So the, and we played just eight games. And at the end, whoever had the most points won. So yeah. we played the Russians in game six, and we still had to play Poland and Germany. So even though we beat the Russians, we knew that we'd won the gold as yeah. long as we beat Poland and Germany. So it was a, a weird time, but it was in Russia, beating the Russians. They had uh, McGilney on the team. They had Fedorov on the team. So they were good too. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was an incredible experience, probably my favorite hockey experience I ever had. Oh, so cool. So you say your son's going to be in Vancouver for my Christmas? Son, yeah, my son's an actor now. He graduated yeah. in theater uh, oh. in April. Uh, he was Jerry Lee Lewis all summer in a play. He was... Oh, gets he it from Pops, all that all huh? that smooth talk oh. and gets it from Pops. Yeah, well, he he, tro- he chose the right profession. We just actually, my wife and I and daughter just went out. He was in Cinderella for the last... Uh, Two weeks, he's got two more weeks on that run. And then oh, wow. the coolest thing is on last Saturday night, he had a small part in a Hallmark movie. Really? So every one of my friends, what's, they're all Which one? Me. It was called Sealed with a List. <laughs> and he's Greg. He, okay. The whole movie starts with my son. So a really cool experience oh, yeah. watching my son chase a dream in theater. So will he be back in Edmonton maybe like next year in like say at one of the dinner theaters like you said? Uh, we don't know. Knows, it's yeah. Right now Vancouver's where, I mean Vancouver, Toronto if you're an actor, those are the two places to That's, be. So he's oh, uh, out there. It's been pretty cool watching him chase chase this. So and I, then everyone else here for the holidays and kind of thing. And I, Well, yeah. actually this year just me, my wife, yeah. my daughter and I, it'll be like the, the lonely Christmas. Aww. So we'll get up and we'll just stare at each other and Think about our son who's oh, away. It's so. first Christmas without my son. I spent like all my pro years away from oh, yeah. home at Christmas, and I know what it's like. So I'm a I'm a big Christmas fan, mm-hmm. but uh, there'll be a lot of FaceTiming on Christmas morning. 
Well, you know, thanks for popping in here, Brownie. Thanks for coming on for a bit. I mean, you do just your work is impeccable. I mean, you're analyzing the games. Are, it's bang on, spot on every night. And if you're not listening to Rob uh, after the games and before them and stuff, please do. So well, I appreciate it. Thanks for seeing me. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And I promise to wipe my forehead and handprints <laughs> off the glass as I leave. Yeah. We get some fans in here, Duke, that come by and paste themselves up against the glass. But <laughs> this was a, well, Struddy came too. And that was kind of scary. He's that a one, scary looking well, man. You're right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Not very attractive. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming, Brownie. All right, thanks a lot. Happy okay, holidays. Take care, guys. Uh, top of the hour, we've got some other guests as well. Uh, Dave Maloney, Rangers analyst, uh, will be part of our St. Albert Dodge Game of the Day. Before that, here's the Duke with the uh, Sports 1440 update.